0: Hi, everyone. I hope you're well. You know, listeners often ask how they can help us create more stories, which is really great. The Wild is a joint production of myself and KW Public Radio. And you can support this vital work by checking out our show notes. And you'll find a link there about contributing small monthly amounts to my wildlife organization, Chris Morgan Wildlife, through Patreon. Become a part of the wild community and help fuel the next adventure. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. I was in the Canadian high arctic, it was about 30 years ago, and I woke up one morning to this loud sound banging outside my tent. I peered out and I couldn't believe my eyes. Two big male muskox and wild shaggy 800 pound bovines charging at each other at full speed for 30 yards, right into a 30 mile an hour head-on collision. Ouch. I watched them cracking their heads together for an hour. It was amazing. And they're not alone. A lot of species in the animal kingdom bang their heads. Bighorn sheep, dolphins, defensive linemen. But the headbanger I'm thinking of is the woodpecker right outside my window. There are 239 species of woodpeckers. This one is the Northern Flicker. They're found in North and Central America, even Cuba. Every day, my local Flicker does his thing, banging his head against the tree, looking for insects to eat and carving out a nest from a tree trunk. Woodpeckers like this can strike a tree with their beaks 22 times a second. Just try tapping your finger that quickly. It's, yeah, it's almost impossible. And they're doing it at around 13 miles an hour, sometimes faster. This got me thinking, which I often do when I'm looking out my window, gazing at all the wildlife that surrounds me. How do woodpeckers bang their heads so much and so hard and not come away with brain damage? And are there any lessons we can learn from this amazing ability? From KUW in Seattle, I'm Chris Morgan. Welcome to the wild. At SoundSide, we bring you news and conversation rooted in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, I'm Libby Denkman. I think of my job hosting SoundSide as, number one, asking tough questions of powerful people, the questions you KUOW listeners want answered, and two, bringing you a daily slice of the fascinating, confounding, and often goofy side of life in Washington State. Join me for SoundSide at noon and 8 p.m. on KUOW or anytime on the SoundSide podcast. Okay, full disclosure, I'm no stranger to headbanging. Back when I was a teenager, my cousins and I would crank up ACDC on a device called a record player, and we'd just bang our heads away to the music. It's a long way. It's a long way to the top if you wanna the I mean, serious, hard rock headbanging. And I'd pay for it the next day with a big headache. But a lot of animals bang their heads in order to survive. Bighorn sheep run head first at each other at speeds of up to 40 miles an hour. The males headbutt like this during mating season. Sometimes they'll do it for a couple of hours a day to establish dominance and access to females. And their horns are massive. In fact, I've got an idea. I've got something that will put this into perspective. Where did I put that skull? Okay. Oh, here we go. I, I've got the skull of a muskox, I picked it up on that trip in the Arctic, and the horns are about the same size and weight as bighorn sheep horns. And they are heavy. No. <laughs> they weigh about 30 pounds, nothing you'd want to go head to head with. The horns of the bighorn sheep curl in more of a spiral than a muskox but they're also made of keratin, like your fingernails, which is softer than bone. And this helps absorb some of the impact and protects the brain from injury. Another thing that protects a bighorn sheep's brain from all these high-speed impacts is actually their brain. Their brains fit tightly into their skulls, which keeps them from moving around too much. Traumatic brain injury in humans can occur when the brain is jolted and collides with the inside of the skull or brain cavity. But there's another fascinating way bighorn sheep protect their brains. Right before the moment of impact, just as the sheep are hurtling at each other for that head-on-head contact, they send a surge of blood into their brains. This extra dose of blood expands the blood vessels just a little more, which creates extra cushion to soften the blow. Bubble wrap for the brain. Most species in the animal kingdom butt heads during mating season. That's where the woodpeckers are different. Yes, they peck for love. It's called drumming. Everyone goes for the drummer, right? Woodpeckers are thought to even choose the objects they drum based on the resonant qualities. The louder the better, to attract and impress a mate. Chances are you've heard this. Woodpeckers drumming on metal objects like chimney caps. I've been woken up in the morning several times to have my northern flicker friend go into town on my rain gutter. The woodpecker's ability to withstand high forces during pecking is unbelievable. Woodpeckers experience up to 1200 G's of force with each slam of their head. For comparison, Humans experience concussions at a fraction of that, at about a hundred Gs. So just one woodpecker peck produces about 12 times the force needed to give us a concussion. And between looking for a mate or a meal, woodpeckers will peck up to 12,000 times a day. So how do they keep their brains from turning to mush? The answer is in their unique morphology, or body structure. It all starts with their beaks. The beaks of woodpeckers have a chisel-like shape to them, which helps them cut through wood more easily. The material of the beak is also made of a kind of elastic material. The outer layer is made of keratin, like the bighorn sheep and the musk ox. Keratin is common in all beaks. Scientists think the elasticity of the woodpecker beak may prevent dangerous vibrations from directly reaching the brain, like using a rubber hammer instead of a steel one. And then there's the jaw joint, where the lower beak and skull connect. It's also flexible and acts as a cushion to absorb some of the force. Think of it like this. If you throw a baseball at a brick wall, the ball will bounce back forcefully. But if you throw a pillow at the wall, the pillow absorbs a lot of the force. But surprisingly, the biggest anti-brain trauma feature in the woodpecker is its tongue. Bird tongues are made up of bones, cartilage, and muscle. Yep, you heard that right, bones in their tongue. Bird tongues are often called the hyoid apparatus. It's how woodpeckers extend their tongues to reach insects deep inside the holes they drill. Woodpecker tongues are long, sticking out five inches or more, but with a long tongue like that, you have to have a place to put it. This hyoid apparatus of the woodpecker travels below the jaw, wraps around the back of the head, and runs all the way towards the nostrils. By wrapping around the entire head like this, scientists think that the hyoid apparatus provides extra cushioning of the head during pecking, sort of like a seatbelt. The hyoid stops the head, and especially the brain, from jolting around too much. Now, you might be wondering, what about the eyeballs? What happens to a woodpecker's eyes during all this head-hammering force? I ask myself that same question every day. Well, nature has figured that out as well. Woodpeckers and other birds, even some reptiles, have a third eyelid. and This eyelid closes a split second before each peck. Like safety goggles, this prevents wood debris from getting into the woodpecker's eyes. But the eyelid has the added benefit of keeping their eyeballs from popping out. Woodpeckers have been around for 25 million years, so they've had a lot of time to evolve this amazing brain-protecting anatomy, which means it probably comes as no surprise that others are looking at ways to benefit from woodpeckers. He is slow to get up. Once again, a violent collision. This one's head-to-head. Traumatic brain injuries have become big news in American football and other sports. Dr. David Smith at Cincinnati Children's Hospital came up with the idea of a special C-shaped collar that wraps around the neck. It mimics the effect of the hyoid in the woodpecker and actually gently presses on the jugular vein so that more blood is sent to the brain. The extra blood expands the brain, making it a tighter fit in the skull, meaning less room for the brain to slosh around. Dr. Smith also turned to bighorn sheep for inspiration. Studies on high school football and hockey players showed evidence that the collar reduces brain injury from repeated impacts. In fact, last year the FDA approved marketing of the device for athletes 13 and older. It's called the Q-Collar, and you'll probably start seeing it on more athletes from soccer to lacrosse players. And the protective abilities of the woodpeckers have influenced prototypes beyond sports equipment. Researchers at UC Berkeley even proposed a stronger black box for airplanes, inspired by the shock-absorbing capacity of woodpeckers' beaks and skulls. But woodpeckers might not be totally out of the woods when it comes to brain damage. A study a few years back revealed woodpeckers had a higher buildup of the tau protein in their brains. ...more than birds that don't bang their heads. Abnormal levels of this protein are associated with brain damage... ...caused by repeated hits to the head. Large amounts of tau protein have been found in dozens of deceased professional football players. But here's what's interesting. Tau protein isn't bad. In fact, it helps stabilise our brain cells. It's just when there's too much of it that it impairs nerve function in humans. But woodpeckers appear to be fine with this extra dose... Perhaps that 25 million years of evolution has helped. It even makes researchers wonder if the build-up of tau in woodpeckers is actually a protective adaptation. In other words, maybe it helps their brains. And if it helps woodpeckers, who knows? That could even open the door to a better understanding of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's in humans. It's fascinating what we can learn from other animals like woodpeckers and bighorn sheep and musk oxen, and how humans might benefit from their long evolutionary adaptations. The applications seem endless, not just black boxes and protective sports equipment. How about motorcycle helmets and car safety features? My headbanging days might be over, but I'll be watching the experts in the trees outside my bedroom window even more closely next time they begin hammering away. Thank you to Gordon Hempton and Quiet Parks International for some of the audio used in this episode. The Wild is inspired not just by nature, but by the people who work in it, love it, protect it. The Wild is a production of KUOW in Seattle, and me, Chris Morgan, with support from Wildlife Media. One way to support this vital work is through my wildlife organisation, Chris Morgan Wildlife, on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks to Alexandria Brannick, who researched and wrote this episode. Jim Gates is our editor. Our producer is Matt Martin. A very special thank you for their kind financial support to Jill and Scott Walker, Rose Letwin, Ellen Ferguson, Anna Kimball, John Taylor, Paul Lister, Mark Wilkins and Rebecca Badger, Bob Yellowlees, Barbara Stallman and Annie Mize. Our production team includes Juan Pablo Chiquiza, April Craig, Michaela Giannotti, Kara McDermott, Tio Pepescu, Darcy Riggins-Smith and Brendan Sweeney Our theme music is by Michael Parker I'm Chris Morgan If you enjoy The Wild, please do tell your friends We love our stories to reach and inspire as many people as possible Thanks so much for listening and take care of each other Alright, gonna get this Musgot skull out of here